This message comes from NPR sponsor Comcast Business. Is it possible to get business internet you can really rely on? It is with 99.9% network reliability from Comcast Business. Powering possibilities. You're listening to Shortwave from NPR. Hey, Shortwavers. Emily Kwong here with a reminder that although some aspects of indoor life perhaps have resumed for you, like eating out and traveling and being out and about, it can kind of seem like the pandemic is over, right? But it's not. This virus is still infecting people, which is why my girl Allison Aubrey is here to catch you up on where we are with ongoing vaccination and boosters in the U.S. Hey there, Emily. That's right. This week, advisors to the Food and Drug Administration will meet to discuss the future of COVID boosters. In late March, the U.S. government approved a second booster for people 50 and over. But considering that half of Americans haven't even received their first booster... Alison, how do policymakers convince people to get more shots uh, that may be beneficial? You know, I think it might be tough. But for those who think they might want to get one, we've got tips on how to decide timing and whether to hold out for a variant-specific booster. Also, the FDA is expecting more data to roll in from vaccine trials in kids under age six. But will this data be convincing enough to win authorization and sway parents? Today on the show, Allison talks us through the U.S. vaccination campaign and why it's so important for ending the pandemic once and for all. You're listening to Shortwave, the daily science podcast from NPR. This message comes from EarthX. The EarthX 2024 Environmental and Sustainability Congress of Conferences is happening in April and brings together all sides with one important mission, protect the planet. Go to earthx.org to register. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capella University. Sometimes it takes a different approach to unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format is designed to help you learn relevant skills at your own pace, so you can earn your degree on your terms and apply what you learn right away. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Allison, let's take a quick trip down memory lane. Remind me about the state of vaccination efforts in April 2021, one year ago. Well, a year ago, vaccines were just starting to become more widely available. Our Kaiser Family Foundation poll showed a lot of people back in March and April of last year were just getting their first dose of the two-dose regimen. And Mm -hmm. the FDA had yet to authorize a vaccine in the 12 to 15 age group. Yeah, I remember all of this. We've come a long way, you know. As of this week, 65% of the population is fully vaccinated. That's like two-thirds of people in the U.S. Uh, Why is the conversation, though, right now about boosters important? And why is getting even more people vaccinated continuing to be important? Well, we are living with a virus that just isn't going to go away. In the last year, when many people assumed the worst was over, we were hit by both Delta, then Omicron. So the virus is unpredictable. Yeah, I hear that. So we got to get the distribution of boosters right. What exactly can we expect from the FDA advisors when they meet this week? 
Well, there are a lot of unanswered questions about where we go from here with vaccines. The agency has already given the green light for a second booster for people 50 and up, as we just said. But when should people get that booster? And should people hold out for a variant-specific booster, the type being tested now? Will those be any better? Uh, Will everyone be encouraged to get a COVID shot every year, maybe every fall? Many scientists say we're headed in that direction. Mm. I spoke to Josh Sharfstein. He's a former FDA official and a public health professor at Johns Hopkins. He says there's just a lot to consider. I really think it's going to be increasingly important for there to be more information from the experts at FDA about how they're thinking of these key questions. And I think this Mm -hmm. advisory committee meeting is the right step. He says the goal is to gain the trust of people and show everyone that there is a long term strategy. Yeah. And in the meantime, people 50 and older can opt to get a second booster right now if they want. My older relative just texted me their plan to get it. So, Allison, what is the best way for people to think through this decision about booster or not and when? Well, two key factors to consider are age and overall health. A person Mm -hmm. in their 50s who is healthy is at lower risk of serious illness from COVID than someone the same age who has underlying conditions. Bottom line, the risk of hospitalization and death increases incrementally with age. There's no bright, shiny, silver line where, you know, north of that line, you're at risk and, you know, south of that line, you're not at risk. It's just sort of incrementally increasing over time. I spoke to Dr. Robert Wachter of the University of California at San Francisco, who told me when he thought about his own decision about getting another booster, the answer was clear. You know, I'm 64, pretty healthy, but uh, the evidence is clear that six months out from my first booster, the effectiveness of that booster has waned considerably. And now there's quite good evidence that another booster will decrease the probability I'll get infected and also decrease the probability that I'll die. So he says that's a lot of potential benefit. Bottom line here, the older the person, the stronger the case for another booster now. Yeah, but. Millions of people in the U.S. have had recent COVID infections during the winter Omicron surge. For instance, among those folks, 50 and up, do they need to get a booster right now? Well, a recent infection can certainly help boost your immunity and protect people who have been infected, at least in the short term. So Dr. Wachter says his take is that it may make sense for people in this situation to hold off. So if you've had three shots and you had an Omicron infection sometime between December and now, I would say stick. I think you're probably in a similar immunologic state as if you got your second booster. So that group, I think it's reasonable to wait. Now, no one knows what's ahead. We've talked about how unpredictable the virus is. Right now, the BA2 variant, which has been problematic in the UK and Europe, has led to a bit of an uptick here in the US uh, in about a dozen states over the last week or so, including New York, Massachusetts. But the big picture nationwide, cases, hospitalizations and deaths all continue to decline. Yeah, which is great to see. We can't know what the next several months will bring. A new variant could emerge. That's right. The virus likes to throw curveballs, but the consensus among the infectious disease experts I talked to is that a big surge right now is is pretty unlikely, simply because as a nation, we've built up so much immunity through vaccines mm. and this winter Omicron wave. Mm. Well, that's pretty good to hear that a surge is unlikely right now. 
But there is a concern for next fall when outbreaks or a surge could be more likely as people move indoors. Think about what's happened the last two years. So again, this has some people wondering about the timing of a booster. Since protection from a booster can be short-lived, I talked to Dr. Yvonne Maldonado. She's a pediatrician and researcher at Stanford University about this timing conundrum. And the question is, do I get a booster soon? And, you know, by September, will I need another booster for the fall? Or should I wait as long as possible and get a booster that might help me through a potential fall surge? I do think that a second booster at some point could be useful for most people. I'm just not sure everyone needs one right this minute. And once the FDA decides the timing of all of this, uh, will there be sufficient doses available to meet demand? Well, the president's COVID advisor, Jeff Zients, has said within the last couple of weeks that there are enough available doses for now that the government has already purchased. But he has warned that Congress needs to pass more COVID aid because if they don't, it's going to be harder to purchase more doses. Uh, He also said if a vaccine is approved for young children, five and younger, there will be enough kid-sized doses to vaccinate this age group to start out with. Eventually, pediatricians say booster shots may also be recommended for children. Uh, Right now, elementary school-aged kids, 5 to 11, are authorized for two shots. So look, there's going to be an ongoing need for more doses. Speaking of children, when might there be a decision from the FDA on whether to authorize the vaccine for the youngest of kids? This is babies through kids who are five years old. There's a lot expected to happen over the next several weeks or so. Moderna is expected to give the FDA data from its trial in kids under age six to evaluate. The company has indicated that the vaccine was about 38% effective at preventing infection in kids ages two to six, and about 44% effective in younger kids six months through two years old. Mm. Now, this might not sound very great, but at this point, preventing infection is not as important as preventing severe disease, and the company has said no severe cases of COVID were seen in the children. Now, there's some debate about whether the data is good enough to win authorization. So Dr. Maldonado says all eyes are on the FDA. We don't have a perfect set of vaccines yet. Given the options that we have, I think FDA is going to say, let's not make the perfect the enemy of the good. Do we have a safe vaccine? Absolutely. And given vaccines have been shown to be very effective in preventing serious illness in older kids, There's momentum to get something approved for the younger ones. Uh, The FDA will also likely review data from Pfizer, which extended its trial to test a third dose in young children. Mm -hmm. The company has said it will have its third dose protection data this month. (sighs) Okay, waiting on a lot of data and all eyes certainly are on the FDA. Thank you for being one of those pairs of eyes, Alison Aubrey. Thank you. Great to be here. This story was edited by Carrie Feibel and Giselle Grayson, who is also our senior supervising editor. Burley McCoy was our producer, and Giselle Grayson and Catherine Seifer checked the facts. Andrea Kissick is the head of the science desk. Edith Chapin is the executive editor and vice president of news. And Nancy Barnes is our senior vice president of news. I'm Emily Kwong. I'm Allison Aubrey. And thank you for listening to Shorewave, the daily science podcast from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, ShipBob. ShipBob's warehouse management system can improve your efficiency, allow you to grow faster, and save you money all through one WMS platform. 
Get a free quote at shipbob.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. There's a new way to support this show and public media. Please consider signing up for the NPR Plus podcast bundle. NPR Plus listeners get to unlock sponsor-free shows and bonus episodes. You can find out more at plus.npr.org. And thanks. Thanks.